three, two, one. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, we have made our way through seven of ten. Well, I almost said divisions. Um, divisions are mostly gone, but we, we have three episodes left of season previews. How's that? Uh, tonight we get the Big Ten West, which is a pretty wide open division, I think. How are you feeling? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I mean, it's the Wild West. We can go ahead yeah. and call it that. There's, there's only one team that I could see not having any shot at at winning this thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we just want to start with the Northwestern Wild? <laughs> uh, I I don't think we want to lose viewers. We'll end with with Northwestern. How about that? Yep. Uh, got a good feeling about him. Um, about sorry, good feeling about my pick. <laughs> Uh, Daniel, some news in college football. Um, Jim Harbaugh going to get suspended four games. I mean, does it matter with Michigan's schedule if he gets suspended four games? Yeah, so those four games, obviously, we we have <laughs> – you would pick them overwhelmingly to win those four games, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers – um, I think there's a reason leaving. it was four games. Do what? <laughs> I think there's a pretty good reason it was four games. <laughs> I think so. I think that that, that was probably a, a clear cut um, situation there. But also, you know, it's you're losing your head coach for those games. Now, I think that he's still able to be with the team during the week and do prep and all that kind of stuff. So I do think the everything's minimized. Uh, it's just like game time, to, game day decision stuff. So. You know, I think he's gonna. They're gonna be fine, but I mean, nonetheless, it's still kind of a a, a black eye on the program, at least for the interim, that they got slapped with some stuff. Um, you know, these were recruiting violations. You had some level one violations, um, talking to recruits when you're not supposed to, things of that nature. Um, this is similar to what we saw with Arizona State with Herm Edwards. Obviously, that was kind of magnified because that was during COVID, so it was kind of breaking above and beyond some rules. So, um, you know, it's it's like we don't know when the NCAA is going to enforce certain things, but it seems like they're still pretty serious about these dead periods. So, um, you know, we'll see what kind of comes of it. But maybe a non-story, maybe something we just talk about, you know, who's the interim guy, and then you look up and they're 4-0 heading into – a week at Nebraska. Yeah. So it's news. We'd mention it. Um, other news. It's kind of breaking tonight. Colorado is at least discussing a move to the big 12, nothing official yet of like it's happening. But then I thought this quote from the athletic director, um, Rick George is pretty, uh, <laughs> telling he just said, I have no comment other than what I said last week and then proceeded to keep talking, which was we, we we are proud members of the Pac-12. In a perfect world, we'd love to be in the Pac-12, but we also have to do what is right for Colorado at the end of the day. That, that, so you're going to the Big 12. Um, we, we were talking about this pre-show. I, I think there's a chance this could be a domino that makes some more fall. Um. I don't know. We'll see, but 
it's not a good look for the Pac-12, who's yet to announce a TV deal, and you're losing. I mean, they went one eleven, but Deion Sanders is bringing value to to the brand, so uh, that's going to bring viewership. I mean, is this a big deal? I mean, here's the thing. I think, I think it's a bigger deal by who is taking your team. The Big Ten coming in and taking USC and UCLA was one thing. That's the Big Ten. The Big Ten is a big brand. If the SEC came in, that's kind of the same, you know, one and the same. The Big 12 is your rival, and y'all are jockeying for positions. So if they come and take somebody, I mean, it's kind of a mark in your territory kind of a thing. And I – the Big 12 is looking at this like, hey, we're increasing. We just added four teams. We just added another team. And all Pac-12 has done is lose teams. So um, I think from perception-wise, it's the health of the conference. And then, you know, the big narrative for me, rather than who exactly it is that's moving, it's who's taking them from you. So I think that's a big deal. Big 12 um, trying to be in this thing to be the last, you know, Subconference staying, if you will, they're going to yeah. be that third tier outside Try of and, the uh, Big Twelve and or Big Ten and SEC. So, I think it's a much bigger deal for the Pac-12. Again, who's yet to know, to announce their TV deal, and he, uh, I say he, um, George Klyovkov asked for no questions regarding the TV deal. And that he'd have news soon, and then he got a lot of questions with the TV deal because you can't just say no questions about the biggest thing on everyone's mind, <laughs> especially when exactly. you yourself or who or who said this is coming soon and right. it's inevitable. And this was a few months ago, <laughs> so um, not a good look. And then he says we're going to have a deal that's on par with the Big Twelve and the ACC, based on what it <laughs> if it's everything but in but signed. Go ahead and leak it out and share, but nothing's leaked so far. So, um, yeah, I think it's worse news for the Pac-12 at this point. Um, and the, I think this might cause other schools in the Pac-12 to do what Colorado's doing, which is explore other options, especially because there's not a TV deal yet. Um, so we'll see. That's news to keep on to keep an eye on. Enough Pac-12 talk. We've already talked about them. Let's go to back to the Big Ten. Last week, we discussed the Big Ten East. We're going to discuss the Big Ten West, as we've done, starting with the largest win total, going down to the smallest. And even though it's a year one head coach, the Wisconsin Badgers have the highest win total in the Big Ten West with a big old eight and a half. Daniel, are you optimistic about Wisconsin winning the Big Ten West? In Luke Fickle's first year? Short answer is yes, I am. Mm. We um, we discussed in our Stock Up, Stock Down episode uh, with David Cobb from CBS, we discussed several uh, teams. Wisconsin was one of the teams I'm high on. I have them going over their win total. I'll go ahead and say it now. But it's for a lot of reasons, and it starts with a head coach. I think Luke Fickle fits He's fit, uh, you know, big brand in the Big Ten, and he's just been waiting for the right opportunity. This is the right opportunity. So I think he's going to give everything he's got in this role. 
Um, not that he didn't at Cincinnati or anything before, but I think he's got something to prove. Um, obviously going back to his time at Ohio state as defensive coordinator and then interim head coach, and then eventually, uh, defensive coordinator again, and then he left. So I think he, you know, he wants to show he belongs in this conference. Uh, so I think that there's always going to be a chip on his shoulder, uh, you know, a healthy chip. I don't think he's going to go, you know, extend himself, but I mean, that would be enough for me to be high on them as just a head coach, but going to get Phil Longo as offensive coordinator from UNC, who's just been a top 10 offensive coordinator. I think that's a safe to say is top 10 offensive coordinator in the game. Uh, And then you go and get a top five defensive coordinator and Mike Tressel comes with him from Cincinnati. Um, He's, he's been with him at other stops before Uh, Mike Tressel ranked by CFB matrix as the number one defensive coordinator in all of college football. I mean, this is a big deal. We need to make sure that this is, he he's taking over for another highly rated one with uh, Jim Leonard, who is a good defensive coordinator. So these guys that are on this defense know how to play. They've got eight returning starters on that defense. Um, I, I'm very optimistic this defense is going to be very good. And what's good about a good defense, Jacob, is that it raises your floor immediately. You're not going to lose the teams you shouldn't lose to um, by – you're just going to be able to keep them out of the end zone. On the offensive side of the ball, well, yeah, they – they lose their quarterback, but it's kind of addition by subtraction. Graham Mertz was going nowhere fast um, or going nowhere slow. I'm not sure, but he was definitely going nowhere. Um, he ends up in Gainesville. We'll talk about SEC next week. But as far as like quarterback, they bring in Tanner Mordecai, who transfers in from SMU, um, previously of Oklahoma before that. But, um, you know, he's he's a guy that he's got two years of eligibility left. He looks like he's the starter. In this system, I like him to be the guy. Uh, they also bring in um, Nick Evers from from OU, and um, they're also got uh, Braden Locke from uh, from Mississippi State. Um, so they've got some good dudes in that quarterback room. Um, I think whoever wins, someone's gonna whoever wins the job will be the guy. It seems like Mordecai has already kind of solidified that. We'll see. Yeah. You know, if there's anything, I don't think anything's that technically been announced, but, you know, he was brought in to be the starter. Um, he's a former four-star. Braylon Allen being back at 1,200 yards rushing you last year, 11 touchdowns on the ground. Uh, I think you're going to see more of that. And I think, you know, the Phil Longo system, when he has good backs, I mean, I think back to uh, a couple years ago where he had, uh, was it Michael Carter and uh, Javante – Williams back there and he just kind of split the carries up he threw to the backs I mean I think you're going to see a really explosive offense and a lot of times when people think explosive offense they think passing the ball I think they're going to be explosive running the ball because that's what Wisconsin likes to do and they're going to be a tough physical team because of Luke Fickle and his identity I mean Jake we've talked about it multiple times he came in and coached the bowl game like on a win, like that's something that coaches just don't do, but he wanted to get in there, roll his sleeves up, get his hands dirty, get to know these guys. And he did that. So I'm very, very high on this team. I know I've talked a lot, long time about them, but eight and a half wins seems low to me. Um, as far as I, I don't feel like I'm 
overreaching by saying I'd gone over. I think nine wins to me seems very easy bar for them to clear. Um, I, I have them at 10 and two this year. So, but I'm, I very easily saying over, I'll say, I'll say 10 and two to give us a, a number for our graphics, but yeah, really high on Wisconsin. This is my most confidently, my most confident play in the big 10 West. I am on the over. I'm very comfortably on the over at eight and a half. Um, I, I also landed at 10 and two. They're going to be favored in 11 games. Now, you know, the, the game's played in the field. It's not played on a sheet of paper, but they're favored in 11 games. And you talk about schedule, too. Their draw out of the East, you get Ohio State, you get them at home, but you get Ohio State. But, dude, then you get Indiana and Rutgers. Like, that's about as good as a draw as you can get without just getting, like, Michigan State, Indiana, Rutgers, or Maryland, Indiana, Rutgers. Like, sure, you get a big dog, but then you get the bottom two teams. You get two Washington State. That's going to be a tough game, but I mean, this this is going to be a top 10 defense in college football. They've consistently been that. This is one of those, like, Wisconsin didn't fire um, Paul Chris because they were, you know, going four and eight. They And Josh Pace talked about this. The new Big Ten money is going to force Big Ten teams like Wisconsin to take things more seriously. And you might think, hey, Wisconsin's like they've been kind of a top dog. I say tier two in the Big Ten, but they've been consistently competing for winning the Big Ten West. Um, that's not good enough. Like eight and four is no longer good enough at Wisconsin. And so they fired Paul Christ to make a move to get a Luke Fickle, to go out and get a top 10 head coach in the sport and bring him to Wisconsin. Um, and for him to assemble a staff like he's assembled, like you talked about, I'm a huge believer. This is also an opportunity this year to capitalize on being in the Big Ten West and run away with the division because divisions are going away next year. So, yes, it's year one, but this is a golden opportunity. There was not a lot of roster turnover. That's what I was getting at there. Top 10 defense in the sport still. How good does the offense have to be? You bring in a Tanner Mordecai. With a Phil Longo, both familiar, like both Tanner Mordecai running a very similar system at SMU and Oklahoma to what Phil Longo runs, um, that cohesiveness I think is going to pair nicely. If they have a top twenty-five offense, again, this team could very easily go eleven and one. So, because of that, I mean, I'm, I'm at ten and two, so still comfortably on the over, and I think they win the Big Ten West this year. So, big believer in the Badgers this year and what Luke Figgle has the opportunity to do in year one. Next on our win total list, Iowa. So Iowa has to score 350 points this year for <laughs> Ryan Ferentz to uh, to keep his job as offensive coordinator. Just the greatest nepotism case probably in the country right now. Um, it's phenomenal. But their, their win total is a 7.5. Do they so they have to win seven games, which is under their win total, and that includes a bowl game, and they have to score three hundred and fifty points. Brian Ferentz to keep his job. Do they do both? <laughs> oh, do they do both, man? So 
You don't have to answer that exactly. Just kidding. I would I would <laughs> like to think so. Um, they're bringing in, uh, obviously some some guys that I believe in, but they're also keeping some guys I don't believe in. But defensively, <laughs> they're bringing back five guys, but they're bringing in some really good transfers as well. I think his defense is just going to keep rolling with being one of the best units in all of college football. Um, and so I, I feel confident saying that um, what we just talked about with Wisconsin, that raises your floor. So I think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to win seven, eight games at least, but I actually have the, I have them at eight and four um, because I'm just going to be cautiously optimistic uh, if I felt like they had a slam dunk and they had really addressed some offensive concerns, I think this is an easy 9-10 win type of team because I really believe in Caden McNamara as an improvement at quarterback as far as just having a competent QB, um, like transfer, you know, transferring from Michigan. I think he's going to make good decisions. I think he's going to keep them in some games. I don't think he's going to lose them games. They're not going to be – throwing a bunch of pick sixes, that kind of thing. Um, they also bring in Eric All, transfer tight end from Michigan, so that's good. But, you know, Luke uh, Lashy uh, is going to be a, one of the top tight ends in college football as their starter. They bring back all five offensive linemen, I think is huge. Um, we'll see if some of these receivers can make some plays. Um, their leading rusher, Caleb Johnson, coming back from last year, just south of 800 yards. Um, and their leading receiver coming back is less than 400 yards. So we got to see if some things are going to change this year. If the offensive line is is better and they have a better quarterback, you would think that just those two things alone are going to give them you know, a better shot. You're going to block right. a little better, that kind of thing. Uh, it all starts with that. So I'm going to lean over. I'm going to say eight and four. It's tough for me to pick those four games exactly that they're going to lose. But at Penn State, I think is a definite loss. Um, I don't like them at Wisconsin. Uh, so both of those I feel like are, are you know, losses that I would circle and say I feel good about. At Iowa State, it's going to be tough. At Nebraska, you know, Playing Minnesota even at home, I think, and then also Illinois. Illinois is going to be pretty, pretty strong this year as well, and tough to beat. So, um, I think going eight and four will be a good season for what their schedule is and what you know at least our expectations on the offensive side of the ball are. Iowa has. I just keep thinking like, if they have a top three defense in the country, which they had a top two defense last year, how good does the offense have to be? Just tell, like, but last year they went eight and five with with that. But the offense was terrible. I I do think the offense, man. I want to say they take a step forward. I just don't know. I, I think the defense is good enough for them to go eight and four. That that that, that I'm confident about. Um, but I also look at the schedule and I'm like, dude, if they get into a ten to seven battle, who else has a good enough? De- like, if the offense is terrible, who's going to have a good enough defense to stop Iowa's offense? And I'm like. Probably eight teams in their schedule. So, uh, can they go four and four in those games? Sure. <laughs> That's kind of where I landed. Um, I, I'm not confident in this at all. I think seven and a half is a great win total because the offense was, it, it can't get worse, right? It's got to get better. It can't get any worse than it was last year. Um, I'll say it again because it's hilarious. 
getting to the 25 points per game being a stipulation is funny because like 25 points a game, how often do you see 25 points scored in a football game? Like hardly ever. So how'd they land on that number? Oh, what's Brian Ferentz's points per game average so far in his career? That would be 25 points per game. So he just got to keep doing what he's been doing to keep his job. Um, We'll see, but man, Phil Parker and this defense should be good enough for them, to, for them to win eight games. And heck, if the offense improves, they should probably win the division. Honestly, like, dude, if they have a top forty offense, they should win the division. The defense is that good. So, uh, I'll go slightly over for Iowa as well, eight and four. I think they finished second in the West. Next on our win total is Minnesota. They have a win total of a whole number, cowards seven. Um, how are you feeling about the Golden Gophers and and PJ Flex? Oh goodness, how many years has he been here? Seventh year. His seventh year. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, I mean, this is their first year in many years without um, without Tanner Morgan at QB. So that that'll be interesting. We'll see how this goes. Ethan. Uh, Kalia Gamanis, um, he played last year a decent amount, just south of a thousand yards passing. So, you know, he got some attempts out there. He played some games. Um, we'll see if he's able to take a step forward. He's a sophomore. They got five guys returning on offense. Um, Chris Altman Bell, I think, is is a guy who can uh do a little something for him. Brevin Span forward at a tight end on 500 yards couple touchdowns. Um, he's a guy who is getting looked from the NFL. Uh, he came back for his senior year. So definitely, you know, something to keep an eye on there. But, I mean, start the year with Nebraska, that'll be a pretty fun game um, on that. I believe that's a Thursday night game. Um, so that's going to be one of those kind of kickoff specials. That'll be what I think most people will be locked into that one. Uh, there's also Utah and Florida on that night. But, uh Minnesota, Nebraska will be a fun one, but playing at North Carolina in their non-conference, um, I think it's going to be tough. They're going to be going against a good QB in, uh, in Drake May. Um, they play at Ohio State this year, and then, uh, you know, they have at Iowa. So I've got them losing – I've got them losing four games, and they have Michigan at home. Um, I have them losing four games. I have them going eight and four. So, um, you know, I think they'll still have a good year. BJ Fleck knows how to get his guys going. They'll be a solid group. Um, yeah, eight and four for the Gophers. So I guess I've got them going over as well. So I'm going to be a coward. I'm going seven and five for Minnesota. And when I counted out the wins, I got to like 6.75 on wins on the schedule. So I would lean under. Um, this is a team that I think is trending down. Um, the offense, I think, is going to take a big step back. Defense should be decent, um, but you're looking at an offense that could drop out of the top 50 in the country, which isn't great for Minnesota, especially when you got, I mean, like you mentioned, out of conference, you had North Carolina, which is always tough. Like, you got Ohio State and Michigan State out of the, uh, and Michigan out of the East terrible draws the schedule gets much more difficult um i'm with you and i'm really interested to see minnesota and nebraska in week one because 
Minnesota should win this football game. We're gonna you know, we're gonna talk about Nebraska here in a few, but that like that's a pivotal game for both teams. I love that we get that conference matchup week one. Like this is why I like college football. This is with two unranked teams that I will be locked in on um, because it's fun. It's a division game and it matters for the conference at the end of the season. So I'm gonna go seven to five push here. I think they finished fifth in the division though, Daniel. Um, I'm just not very high on Minnesota going into this year. Let's go to the next in the win total list, Illinois. Illinois with a win total of six and a half. Daniel, I just think Brett Piyama belongs in the Big Ten. I'm thinking that he just raises the floor of a Big Ten program. Yeah, he's right at home. Um, he put two running backs in the in the league last year. Um and so I, I think that they're, they're having, uh, you know, Reggie Love is the is the returning guy at running back. He's only only had 300 yards last year just because he was, you know, playing second, third fiddle for most of the season. So uh, Luke Altmeyer, a uh, name we know from Ole Miss, he's transferred in to be the starting quarterback, uh, former four-star, played with, you know, played for Lane Kiffin, um, was – in a dead heat with Jackson Dart for that job last year, pushed him, you know, to the limit, it seems. Uh, And then, you know, obviously there's several transfers come in, he transfers out. So uh, looks like he's got more of a solid ground here. Um, Also John, John Paddock transferring in um, from ball state to be the backup quarterback. So we'll see how this goes, but they've got six starters returning on offense. Um, Isaiah Williams, kind of their big playmaker at receiver. He had uh, 82 receptions last year, five touchdowns. So uh, definitely a strong candidate there. And then defensively, they've got seven guys back. So I feel I feel pretty good about their defense being solid. This is one of those, you know, maybe a lower ceiling, but uh, a higher floor. I don't think they're going to be – you know, bottom dwellers or anything like that, because I, I really like what BLM is doing. Um, they've got Toledo, Florida Atlantic, and Kansas in their non-conference schedule, which normally I would say that's great. Kansas has improved, and it's at Kansas. So we'll see how that game goes. I expect Illinois to go in and win that game. So all that to be said, from the east, they get Penn State, uh, but they avoid – Michigan and Ohio State, so that's good. Um, they get Penn State at home. We'll see if they're able to do something with it. I think Penn State's pretty good, though. We talked about them last week. Um, so I've got them seven and five. Uh, I think they're going to have a solid year. Go to a bowl game. Um, you know, I'm interested to see Luke Altmaier in a new setting because yeah, SEC is tough, tough digs, but you know, kind of being in a place where he's not having to be, you know, answer all these questions and, and go toe-to-toe with someone who's another blue chipper. Maybe he kind of rises to the occasion in his own light. Yeah, Illinois. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking at uh, Kelly Ford from the show, kfordratings.com. Um, he kind of has, like, his projections. Um of like where each unit's going to rank. thought it was interesting. He has four of the top 10 defenses in the country in this division. 
um, Illinois being one of them. So th- this was a top 10 defense in the country last year. Um, they did have a first-year defensive coordinator in Aaron Henry, because Ryan Walters is now the head coach at Purdue, which we're going to talk about. Um, I like the fit with Luke Altmaier. I don't think he's going to have to do a like, – he's not going to be asked a lot in this offense. Um, I just love Brett Bien with the Big Ten men. Uh, like this offense – I don't think there's anything to worry anybody, but the defense can be really good. And I think that raises the floor, especially in the Big Ten, if you have a really good defense. And I got the same thing as Minnesota. I got 6.75 wins, which at 6.5, that means I'm taking the over. I think Illinois goes 7.5. You avoid two out of the Big Three in the Big Ten East. You do go to Kansas. I would slightly favor Illinois in that game um, on the road at Kansas. So, I think you're looking at like a very middle of the pack offense, elite defense. Um, seven and five, I think is still look, Illinois in the Big Ten, I think seven and five is a huge win. Seven and five, eight and four, staying right there is right where you want to be if you're Illinois. So um another successful season for Brett Bielma. I'm thinking seven and five for the Illini. Another year one head coach. We go to Nebraska. So Another team that obviously moved on from their head coach and brought in a very solid for coach in Matt Rule. Um, We've seen how good of a college football coach Matt Rule is. I don't want to forget that because obviously his most recent experience being fired from the NFL, very, very different world. Matt Rule is a seriously good college football coach. So you and I thought this is a monster hire. This is different than Wisconsin, though. He's not walking into a ready-made roster. It's year one, win totals at six. How are you feeling about the Cornhuskers? Yeah, I'm definitely trending up with them um, just because of the hire, like you mentioned. Matt Rule, we were big Matt Rule guys, especially you when he's at Baylor. Um, You know, we've we've been on the record that we've been fans of him. (laughs) Uh, But he's he's just a guy who – I think can just get guys going in the right direction. And mm-hmm. I think that's a big issue that Scott Frost had um, was just getting everybody to rally in the right direction. And to just feel like someone's in control. Uh, it felt like Scott Frost was just second guessing himself, even when things were going as good as they were. Um, but, you know, it's like that roster, like you mentioned, is going to need some time to really, you know, propagate and find some good, good players, uh, especially, you know, in the high school ranks and some recruits and stuff like that. But he did bring in some impact transfers. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Uh, Elijah Judy from Texas A&M coming in at defensive line. Uh, MJ Sherman from Georgia. He's a former five-star edge guy. He just wasn't, he simply wasn't being able to play at Georgia other than special teams. So he comes in now, now you've got a guy who can, I mean, he's going to legit just be a, a starter and, and, maybe blow up the big 10, the big 10 West, at least uh, from a sack perspective. So I have, you know, big belief in that Uh, Elijah Judy, like I said, I think on the defensive line, Jeff Sims is going to get a lot of attention coming in from Georgia tech transfer. Um, You know, if you remember all the way back to when he was recruited uh, at the Jacksonville area was a Florida state commit four-star guy, highly recruited flips to Georgia tech goes there, starts year one, immediately looked very talented when he was on the field at Georgia Tech, especially in the backfield with Jameer Gibbs, who is now in the NFL. Uh, From the jump, though, it was always, can he stay healthy and can he avoid turnovers? Uh, We've never seen 
those two at the same time. So we'll see if that's able to change here. Uh, all the reports are that he's feeling good, he's healthy, and um, he's looked like a different quarterback. So it could have been the dysfunction around him. We know Jeff Collins kind of had a, a, a rough environment because obviously yeah. he leaves and Brent Key gets it going. So Sims, I, did, I think that's an improvement there at QB. Um, and then also, I mean, <laughs> I – I'm going to be optimistic if if they get something from Arik Gilbert, he transferred there. So, um, you know, he he's obviously had a troubled past going through transfers and everything starting at, at LSU, going to Georgia, not really playing. Uh, he did transfer as well up there. So all that to be said, I like Marcus Satterfield as their OC. Looking through their schedule um, – Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech and Colorado are their non-conference teams. Good job scheduling there because you scheduled probably three wins. Um, shout out to Northern Illinois head coach Thomas Hammock. So uh, we're not related, but we might as well be. Um, they they play at Wisconsin this year. Their draws from the East, Michigan and – Michigan State, I'm missing Maryland. the last one. Maryland. Maryland. Okay. So, you know, not bad, not the worst you could draw. Definitely you could draw worse. Um, so let's see. We've got them at is it six and a half? Solid six, round number. Ah, uh, cowards. Okay. I really want to go at six. I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna lean, I'm gonna go seven and five. I think they go seven and five this year, year one, Matt Rule. Um, this team starts believing. Especially those three wins in the non-conference, I think, really gets them there. So um, they start out that game at Minnesota. That's going to be a very fun one to watch for fans like you and me. Uh, this will be good. I'm with you at 7-5. and five. I think that – so when I count of wins, I get to 6.25, which at 6, again, gives me the over. Um, I like their draw to the east. I like that um, – you get he, um sorry. <laughs> uh I like to get Colorado in the non con. I I just again they're a wild card, but they went they went one and eleven last year. I'm not expecting them week two for them to be ready to compete, even with Nebraska. So I think it's a good thing getting that early. Some of your toughest games are late. You get Michigan early, but I mean that's a loss. You're not gonna win that game. Um, but getting like division games like Wisconsin and Iowa last two weeks of the season, that's your best chance to beat them is late. Um Purdue as well, like late. So I, I do lean over for Nebraska. I'm, of course, buying stock long-term in Nebraska under Matt Rule. Um, year one, we'll see. I, I want to go eight and four here and just believe that there's been really, really positive um, reviews of Jeff Sims coming out of spring that he looks really, really good in the offense. Um, and he looks special. I do question. I'm not a Mac Marcus Satterfield fan. I don't think anybody at South Carolina is missing him um, this year that they, they wanted him gone. So, but I'm such a believer in Matt rule. So I do think this defense will be better than the offense. And Hey, if we, if everything goes right, I think this can be a top 40 team in college football. So I think that is a great year one if that happens, but Matt rule, even if year one goes poorly, which year one went poorly at Baylor. I mean, I think they went, I think it went two and ten in his first year at Baylor. 
but by year three, they were in the Sugar Bowl. And uh, did they win the Big 12? No, no, no. They were the runner-up in the Big 12 in 2019. But um, went to the Big 12 title game, went to the Sugar Bowl, 11-2. and two. So he's a program builder. You hire him for the long-term Nebraska fans. If he goes 5-7 and seven in year one, for what it's worth, that means he won more games than Scott Frost ever did in Nebraska. So <laughs> that would be a successful year two. But I'm going 7-5. I believe in Matt Rule. I think he can have a successful year one, uh, especially taking advantage of kind of where the Big Ten West is because I'm, I'm down on Minnesota. We'll talk about the next two teams here in a second. But, you know, you're in year one of a head coach with Purdue. Northwestern is Northwestern. Uh, so I'm going over with Nebraska. Let's go to Purdue, whose win total is at around five here. So Purdue, year one of um, Ryan Walters, who came here from Illinois as the defensive coordinator, led one of the best defenses in the country last year, kind of a rising name in the coaching ranks. Um, first year as a head coach at all, that's going to cause some growing pains. So their win total is at five. How are you feeling about the Boilermakers? Well, you know, it always starts with quarterback. They brought in Hudson Card, former Texas QB. I'm a fan. Former four-star. I think that's a good move for him and for them. I think that it's a good marriage. He needed to go somewhere where he could be more of a big dog. That's here. Um, I am questioning what they can do, changing to a new coach. You know, um, Braun leaving. I I think it's going to be tough um, in year one. And it's also the schedule. They draw Ohio State and Michigan from the east. So, um, you know, looking at their schedule, non-conference, they have at Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and Fresno State. You know, if they're a big dog, that's not that big of a deal, those teams that they're playing. But kind of where they are, that is a big deal. They're going to Virginia Tech, uh, which is a good environment. Um, Syracuse has been, you know – decent past few years so yeah uh, they get them at home but I've, I've got them i the most wins i see them winning is six i have them at five and seven so right on that number um i'll just stick with it five and seven i think they're a good team um relative to to who we're about to talk about so i think they will uh be competitive in most of those games um but yeah five and seven is right where they're at I'm going to go a little bit over six and six. Um, I know that you draw a couple ACC opponents, but I'm not very high on those ACC opponents. I think at Virginia Tech will be tougher just because it's on the road, but I still I still see those as toss-up games. You have a super tough draw out of the East, but again, I just I don't think this outside of like, – I think Wisconsin's head and shoulders above the division, and I think Iowa's the Tier 2 – and then you, you could give me any order of three through six in this division, and I'd be good with it. Um, I think this is a big tier three. There's a lot of teams that I think could be any. I mean, again, I have them at six and six, seven and five, seven and five, seven and five. So I think they're all right there. Um, so I, I got to, I got a little bit under on the win total with it being, or excuse me, sorry. I got 5.25 wins, which is over the five. So I'm going to go six and six and not be a coward like Vegas and go over. Um, so six and six for Purdue. I think if this team is a like top, I mean, 
This is a team that's been better offensively under Jeff Brown, but if he had a top 40 offense, can you give me a top 50 defense? I think that would be like best case scenario, best, best case scenario for Purdue this year. And obviously you bring in a defensive coach. So um, defense could improve in year one. We'll see, but I'm at six and six for Purdue. Okay. Lastly, Northwestern. I mean, two and 10. <laughs> <laughs> Their win total is at three and a half, Daniel. I'm I'm going under. There's so much going on off the field. I just don't know how you field a football team that's going to be confident in winning football games this year. Yeah, that one and eleven last year, losing your head coach, um, in the manner that they did. I mean. <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking for a win here. I'm looking. I was trying to remember between UTEP and UTSA which one I was supposed to be high on. And it's UTSA and they've got UTEP on their schedule. So maybe they can beat UTEP. Maybe. Maybe. That, that's where I'm at cuz at Duke I mean that's a slam dunk for Duke. Duke is oh, like Oh yeah. L. This is our game. Bro, watch out for Howard. I've heard he's Yeah. He can be a real you don't want to play Howard in an alley. All right. That's what I'm saying. And Northwestern. I mean, what what's the total at? One and a half? Where are we at? So okay. I pulled these totals prior to scandal. So even before Pat Fitzgerald, it was at three and a half. Okay. With him as the head coach. Uh let me see the so updated number. Definitely under three and a half. All right. I'm looking at Legitimately, I think there's three winnable games on their schedule, and that's Howard, UTEP, and at Rutgers. And Rutgers has the game at home. So I would lean under even just three. And if they go two and ten, that's an improvement on last year, which is <laughs> right, astounding. Right. So That is astounding. Um. Did they lost to Southern Illinois last year? We also, Jacob, we haven't even scratched the surface yet on, like, I mean, Justin Cryer has transferred out to Florida State. And yeah. they can Nigel, all transfer. Nigel Glover, uh, they're, they're only four-star, you know, seemingly on the team, the safety, Nigel Glover, he's going to go somewhere. Everybody's eligible. So we haven't even seen the purge yet from this roster so it's tough for me to speculate on individual this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy. There's going to be some guys that stay because let's be honest, they're there for a different reason. They're getting free education at Northwestern, which is a super prestigious school. I'm not going to pretend like there isn't another side of college football, college sports. That is a very real thing. There's going to be guys that stay. Yeah. They just want to do that or they just want to play. They might not be able to play somewhere else they could play here. But any player who's worth their salt and wants to be – on a good team, they're going to go somewhere, and it's going to be in the next couple of weeks that we're going to see that yep. that purge. I feel, I feel, like nervous saying they're going to win two games, even if it's UTEP and and Howard, uh, just because the purge is going to happen, and there's going to be a certain amount of quit that you would expect from the team itself. Um, certain dysfunction, disorganization. This is going to be somewhat of a lost year, so. Uh, their Big Ten money is going to help them hire somebody later. I'm going to say under whatever the number is 
I'm just going to have him repeat last year, 1-11. and 11. I was at 2-10, and 10, and I'm kind of leaning 1-11 and 11 with you. Um, I was at 2-10 and 10 prior to Pat Fitzgerald being fired. So, yeah, I'll go 1-11 and 11 too. I just – this team is going to lose a lot of football games. Um, <laughs> I mean – yeah, they're they're gonna lose a lot of football games. You're looking at like a, a good draw where you get Penn State, Rutgers, and Maryland, and they're all looking at you being like, Thank God we thank God we played Northwestern out of the West. So um yeah, I just there's too much stuff going off the field. Like plus like more stuff's coming out. There's gonna be more investigations that happen. It's just it's gonna be hard to play football with all that going on. So uh, I'll go under whatever the number is at Northwestern. If it was half a game, I might go under still. Um, I don't know. We'll see Howard, uh, how motivated they are. Um, Yeah. We will be back next week with the SEC East last year, those divisions as well. And the following week with the SEC West, be sure to tune in here at the extra point pod Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Subscribe, follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can follow him on Twitter at Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Arms with a K. That'll do it for this edition of The Extra Point. He's Daniel. I'm Jacob. Arms.